Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news, and your views. Rona, where do we start? Well, let's start first off with an update on Wexford General Hospital. It's a while since you and I have spoken about this, and uh, people are concerned as to how close we are to getting back to full services. Um, uh, what's the latest that you've heard? Okay, so just to say that Wexford Hospital are doing a great job. The staff and management of keeping is updated. We get a newsletter once a week that we can then use on social media to inform people. And a flavour of that is we have currently an acute medical assessment unit open from 8.30 to 7pm daily, a minor injuries unit open from 8am to 10pm daily, and now a paediatric assessment unit catering for children under 12 weeks old, which is new and that's open from 8am till 10pm but you will note that on my social media Alan I quizzed the Taoiseach at my last leader's questions in relation to fast tracking the new 97 bed block and running in tandem with the restoration work since the fire I wasn't very impressed by the answer and I did hear Brendan Howland with you last week who said that he felt that the government were bona fide with their intentions. I'm afraid I'm just going to read exactly what the Taoiseach said and it was when I asked him, if possible to do a modular unit then we should do it but the emergency rules that applied during the Covid period no longer apply and the advice from the Attorney General on that is not favourable and I know that people feel all these things are an emergency but everything can't always be an emergency deputy now Alan that for me was pointing out very much to the contrary when the Taoiseach came down and took his photographs after the fire at Wexford General Hospital and promised all of the constituents County Wexford that everything and all stops would be pulled out to ensure our hospital was bigger and better than ever that does not give me confidence. His response that it's not an emergency. We all know the Attorney General's advice is given based on the narrative he's been fed by civil service. And that is, to me, that they don't want to fast track the 97 bed block. And I think you know, you've been at that much longer than I have. I'm three years elected and I do know that we greatly depend on our hospital. I had the occasion of unfortunately being in Waterford Regional Hospital last Thursday evening. And the level of accident and emergency that they're catering for is unprecedented. They're under severe pressure. Wexford people are under severe pressure, even with the thoughts for the people who are sick and depending on our accident and emergency that they might have to go to Waterford. It's a significant trouble to them. And I think, you know, that our, our the elected representatives of County Wexford have to band together right. and insist that this happens. Now, the management called us in three weeks ago, maybe a month ago now. Linda O'Leary held a meeting for all of the Oireachtas members, all that were able to attend, attended, in which case she asked us to ask the government to fast track the 97 bed unit. Currently, you know, they're restoring the fire damage. But if we don't run in tandem, the building of the 97 bed unit that Minister Brown has told us umpteen times is on the way and it's in whatever stage it's at we are going to see further disruption to mm. the A&E when the restorative project, project right. is concluded. You're not reassured by all accounts and no, I, what you've by told no me. means. Uh, I can only go as a, as a, as a radio presenter and what I hear. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I go back to just before St. Patrick's Day as I left at the Tobble Hotel having done a series of interviews there a highly respected retired health professional called me over and I will not reveal my source and said to me quite clearly please keep your finger on the pulse please keep it in the mind's eye of the public as to what's going on and I said to this health professional are you concerned I am he said I am very concerned and I'm not reassured like what you said to me as well I'm also hearing this word reconfiguration and to me what is your understanding of reconfiguration is reconfiguration is it another another terminology for possible downgrading no for me the reconfiguration as explained by Linda O'Leary was that basically what was a 96 bed unit is now a 97 bed unit in that she has given more room to the hospital but the reconfiguring is that they will close some wards and where currently Wexford has 235 beds the new 97 bed unit will only mean an extra 45 beds so that will be the reconfiguring it's not that we're going to get 97 new beds or extra beds I should say we're going to get 45 extra beds and, and, and where do you get that information on the basis from, from Linda herself in that the hospital will move from 200 so currently before the fire we had 235 beds at Wexford General okay. unfortunately today we have 123 due to the hospital uh, fire damage so when it, when the restorative process is concluded we will be back to 235 if we do not include the 97 bed unit so Linda has explained that some of the older wards will not be put back into use when the 97 bed block is built but we will earn so obviously we'll have 45 extra beds which means we're getting 52 that will replace old beds I hope that's not confusing no it's not because what you're telling me what you're telling me is that we will not get 97 beds when when they eliminate the older beds and put in the 97 we'll we'll We'll, only get 52 no we'll have 45 45 extra extra. and that but that's paramount and I think the real thing here is at that meeting it was undertaken by our government representatives to organise a meeting in which to discuss the fast tracking and the possibility of the COVID emergency legislation or that type of legislation being used to fast track through the planning process, the 97 bed unit. That I have no word of that meeting. I yeah. expect to hear, I've asked Paul Kehoe, who was tasked with that as well as Malcolm Byrne, has the meeting been set up? It's a month ago now. No meeting has been set up. I'm gravely concerned at this stage. And I really think, you know, that we have to keep the pressure on. Well, 100%. 120%. Because the health professional I spoke to is of the ilk and of the quality that I would really listen to this person and did listen to him. As you say, we've been across this hospital story going back 12, 13 years at this stage when our hospital was under pressure before. And the individual I spoke to, highly respected, would have been with us as part of that in those days. And I would definitely take on board his concerns. Well, this is a political decision. Linda O'Leary, who is the manager and doing a great job and our staff have informed us collectively as elected representatives that they are ready to go with the planning application and what she has asked is that it can be fast tracked to run in tandem with the restorative works our elected representatives are all elected by the people of Wexford now it's very unfortunate that we see that some of the party politicians when they go to Dublin they act with the party and they forget the people who elected them and I think this is one of those instances we need that meeting and I'm calling on those in government that were tasked with arranging the meeting to do it immediately, please. 
Right. Hi, Alan. Verona's pre-hour station is alive and well. I'm not quite sure if that listener is giving out to me or giving out to you or giving out to both of us. Well, I look, don't know what to mean. I don't know. It's probably somebody from Fine Gael, Fianna Fáil or another party. Sure, it's just look at here. I'm telling it as it, as it is. The people of Wexford deserve their accident and emergency unit and hospital restored mm. and with the 97-bed unit that was promised for the last eight years. Well, all I will say is we give every opportunity to each party and individuals to speak to us and it doesn't always have to be us to pick up the phone to contact them. They're more than willing to pick up the phone and contact us. Um, are more than welcome, I should say. Hopefully we have a better chance of getting the 94-bed unit than we have of getting the 10 mental health beds that was promised when they closed St. Sennans. That comes in from active campaigner Ray Shannon. I can understand where Ray is coming Ray from is. in that. Uh, he's dead right on that. It's scandalous that we never replaced those beds it, that Ray is it, talking it's about. It's one hundred percent and that's it's not gone off my agenda uh, actively I campaign all the time in relation to mental health and trying to get our CAM services where they should be unfortunately I can assure you it's not going to happen anytime soon but again the people have to consider when they are electing politicians that they carry out what right. they elect them for Hi, is Verona aware that the non-HSE staff who were frontline have still not received the €1,000 bonus promised over a year ago? Um, please, if possible, leave my name out. Of course I will. I know the uh, individual who's contacted me is a frontline worker uh, and very, very active and a very good one as well. Uh, not right, not fair. No, it's not, absolutely. And I've brought it up a number of times, including in front of the Public Accounts Committee to the HSE, which was the most recent questioning of it. What we were told was that the HSE have paid the money to what this person would be talking about, maybe Section 39's private providers, whom I can't, as an elected representative, interfere with. But certainly, if they want to contact my office later, I can assure, I can find out whether that person that they're working for, the group they're working for, have been paid the money and if it should be paid over. And are entitled, are they? Well, if they're, they obviously know they're entitled. There yeah. is those who know, you know, that were left out, but there's certainly those who are entitled should be paid by now. Right. Uh, Verona Murphy is spot on about Leo Vracker's comments. Under this government, advice from the Attorney General really has become a nonsense, meaningless and trite phrase that has much sincerity as Father Jack been trained to say that would be an ecumenical matter that comes in uh, from Brendan. Uh, I mean, I think it's fair to say, as we've always said, uh, this whole issue of getting our hospital back up and running, supporting the staff and supporting everyone associated with it is not a political matter. It's for everybody. It shouldn't be a political yeah. matter and it most certainly should not run to be a general election issue. It is something that we need yesterday. And I think the people of Wexford are very patient. That patience may well run short. I think the Taoiseach... Well, I, I actually was very disappointed with his tone in his answer and it's there on YouTube for people to see. I think it's disgraceful that politicians come down What do you mean his tone? You mean his, he was dismissive? His, he was very dismissive and that's what very much concerned me. It wasn't only what he said, it was how he said it and, and I like this thing of the Attorney General. Yeah. The Attorney General is appointed by government yeah. and that's where they're, to distill their narrative into a legal opinion that gives them an excuse you see, my, my fear of all this is having, I have uh, the recordings from each of them, Stephen Donnelly, Leo Veratker, Michal Martin, uh, the principal players here, where they, they make a huge commitment to Wexford General Hospital. But my fear is, unless from, from previous, is unless we keep our foot on the pedal and our finger on the pulse on this, it will just go down the tubes uh, and will disappear 
uh, off the agenda, which is something we just can't afford to do. Not as long as I'm elected, I can assure you, and as long as you have breath in your body, you have always made this an issue. It is the biggest issue for Wexford right. people. And I think the reality is everybody has wisened up to the fact that we have politicians tripping over themselves in the face of tragedy and adverse circumstances like the fire to take pictures and make false promises. Well, these are promises that need to be made good on and the Wexford people, I don't think, will stand for anything like Simon has a strong comment. I, I think it's greed looking for the 96-bed unit now. Let's get Wexford Hospital back working as normal, repair the fire damage and then go back looking for the 97-bed unit, not politicians looking for brownie points. One job, uh, job at a time from Simon. Now, I spoke to um, Dr. Youssef, the clinical director, and he, he gave me an indication four to six months and he was very specific. He talked about the wiring within the hospital yeah. and that that is the major job. I can see, because I live not far from the hospital, but I can see the one wonderful work being done on the repairs so there is positivity out oh, there absolutely. but if the wiring is an issue that is something that has to be looked well, at well look at and that was the same briefing that we received from Linda O'Leary the truth is that she has prepared a planning submission in a way that the works can run in tandem and I think I would take from what she says as manager of that hospital and a HR manager in the hospital before that that she and the team are capable of operating both the restorative works and the construction of the new 97 bed block in tandem to prevent further disruption. There's a good chance that the 97 bed block being built at a different stage would interrupt our accident and emergency services again, which we can't risk. The four to six months, they would like to be seeing the planning permission granted and fast-tracked in the next three months. And I don't think that's a big ask. I think that's perfectly doable. Right. It is an emergency. It was an emergency from the day the fire started. And it's still an emergency. And that's why I'm very disappointed with the tone of Leo Varadkar. And I think our elected representatives in government have to come on and say that they don't agree with that tone, that they want the people of Wexford honoured with their 97 bedrock. Right. We'll go back to each of our elected Oireachtas representatives who are currently in power at the moment to get a view on that. Uh, the eviction ban, the uh, council meeting is coming up this afternoon. I'm sure it's going to be on the uh, agenda. What Absolutely. Do you think? What's your reading of it? Well, look, I mean, I, I deal with housing, not just because of the eviction ban, but on a daily basis and often seven days a week, because normally the emergency services are often more required at the weekends than they are during the week. I have a great relationship with the Housing Department in Wexford County Council. They're working very, very hard and they've been working overtime in order to ensure that anyone who is evicted will be accommodated. That is not to say that they have the spaces for them. Right. And I think the emergency accommodation is under severe pressure bursting at the scene. But they're doing the best at they're, the moment. Uh, well, yeah. the reality is that the staff in the housing department of Wexford County Council are not responsible for the deficit in housing. That strictly is government's issue. When we start, when we were elected three years ago, the biggest the biz, biggest agenda was housing and health, and both have been made worse. We have extensive waiting lists in health that haven't improved and there are certainly fun certain parts of the health service functioning very well but there's also detrimental impact with extended waiting lists. We see the same thing happening with housing. Planning permission and planning policy is absolutely to the detriment of rural Ireland right. and what we I'm just saying it again because it's the reality. We have politicians who were elected by constituents in rural counties like Wexford who when they get to Dublin, they forget that 
and they vote with their party on an urban with an urban But there hasn't been the government. deluge of people you anticipated at this stage. I'm glad to say no there hasn't and I, I but that's not to say that we won't see it. We certainly have had some very um, significant uh, eviction notices served in one small village in Wexford. There are 12 eviction notices issued. They will be given the requisite time and they are valid eviction notices. Right. So, But Wexford County Council have been advised anybody in a predicament may contact my office at any stage or myself and my number is there all the numbers are on Facebook Messenger email everybody knows Alan but we're there to help and like there's significant information from Wexford County Council both on their website on my website and anybody that is homeless currently that hasn't contacted somebody should report to Wexford County Council I have to wrap it up, but uh, just by, by way of conclusion, the latest opinion polls seem to see a big move towards Sinn Féin once again and a, a, a drop in the vote for, for Fine Gael. Are we on the cusp of an election or what do you think is happening? Well, look, I, I think it's reflective of what I've been saying and it's reflective of the fact that people are no longer prepared to support people that they elect to represent them at a county national level but get to Dublin and it's an urban centric government and that's who they support they forget about the grassroots they forget about those who elect them and basically people are no longer willing to support that and I think the next election will be a very different election Uh, When do you think it will be read between the lines? Well I have to be honest I voted no confidence in this government because I don't believe that they have anything now to offer in relation to housing or solving that problem I see health getting worse particularly what's happening here in Wexford for Wexford hospital. I don't see that that's going to be attributed to this government. I also think foreign direct investment. Everything is actually being affected. Our teachers are leaving in their droves, all because we have such a deficit in housing. They can't get housing. They're prepared to go abroad. They're probably earning a lot more, but they also don't have issues in relation to housing or health when they go abroad. Just one quick comment from a listener. Maybe I can pass on if this listener would like to phone uh, Catherine on 53 Could you please ask Verona how a 94-year-old woman living on her own can get some help in you, Ross? Will you talk to her? Oh, absolutely. That's no problem at all. Southeast Radio's Morning Mix. Chat, news and your views. Alan Corcoran.